Well, you know, but I would be guilty of this. I bet if someone said, if, you know, if I was talking to a dude online and he said that he had a tash, I would right away picture Tom Selleck in his pants. You totally right? would. Right? And I, not Hitler or anyone else with a mustache. Oh, Lord. Right? <laughs> yes. Like, you just yes. would. So I would I would picture what I would want. Three men and a little Fuhrer. You, would, you wouldn't want to mix up the cast, would you? <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 140, Love, Pins, and a chan with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 140. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hello, crew. Hello, Mr. Cluley. How are you doing? All right? Awesome. Awesome. Awesome? Well, yeah. we'll be the judge of that. Um, we are joined <laughs> this week. You are awesome, Carol. Sorry. That would seem to be me. No, I live to be judged by you. I, I think maybe it. it's time for me to be the Penelope in our relationship. I should be nice to you for an episode. <laughs> <you think. laughs> no. That won't yeah. last. Yeah. <laughs> and can you hear the dulcet tones of Maria <laughs> Varmazis? Varmazis. No extra Varmazis. There you go. Hello, Maria. Hi. Good, good. <laughs> Great to have you back on the show, as always. Thank uh, you. You've been a bit busy, haven't you? You did a little bit of work for Darknet Diaries. You popped up in a recent episode of that. I did. It was so much fun. I'm so, so glad I got to be a part of that. And uh, hopefully I'll be writing another one soon. So keep your ears out. Very awesome. cool indeed. Mm-hmm. Crow, what have we got coming up on this week's show? A huge thank you to this week's sponsors, LastPass and Recorded Future. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, on today's show, Graham reveals how an online bank mismanaged customer PIN codes. Maria chats all things HN. That sounds fun. And I'll be looking into how to avoid the nasty sharks lurking in the online dating pool. All this and heaps more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, I want to send you guys back through time, through the mists of time, all the way back to 2011, when when there was a chap called Daniel Amate, and he released some research uh, that he conducted in conjunction with an iOS app, which he had released for Apple iPhones. So this is like a bona fide app like that went on the iPhone? Yes, it was a legitimate app in the iOS app store called... Approved and all that, okay. Yep, called Big Brother Camera Security. And what it would do is you would would run that app and you'd put your phone down somewhere like you did in normal life. The different thing was that if someone else tried to pick up the phone and unlock it, they would enter a pin code or passcode. It would take their photograph, and obviously, if they got the number wrong, it wouldn't let them in. Yeah, and who who was it, pray tell? Oh, I see Graham's big face on my screen trying to get into my phone, that type of thing. I don't know why you're saying my face is particularly big. Well, I'm imagining because your eyes are quite small, you'd be holding your phone quite close to your face, and then so it now, would be... Okay, a- well, there's two things here. First of all, you said my face is very big, and now you're saying my <laughs> eyes are very small. Could it be that my... <laughs> could it be that my eyes appear small because of my big face, or my face appears big because of my small eyes. I don't know. I'm not an expert. <laughs> Maybe one or the other is perfectly in proportion, Carol. Maybe you just just need to be a little less personal on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry for hurting your feelings. Well, I do have feelings, you just see. Being honest. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and what Daniel did was he also surreptitiously, without telling his users, which annoyed Apple a bit, to be honest, uh, he would anonymously collect those passcodes, and he was keeping a record oh. of them. And so oh. he, he collected 204,508 pin, pins. 
I don't not pin, pin numbers. numbers. No, no, pin numbers. No, just <laughs> so I don't say I'll it. I'll try not to say pin numbers. <laughs> don't say it. Because someone pedantic will be in touch about that if I did. <laughs> so he was, this was no bueno. Like, you're not supposed to do that. That's not cool. You shouldn't but how really... does he know whether the pins are correct or not? Well, he doesn't at all, of course. So what, someone what... just puts in 2468 and he's like, got another pin. What he knows is whether that pin is the right pin for his app. He doesn't know if it's the right pin for the phone. But people would enter the pin assuming it was for instance, their phone. And I'm sure many people would have used the same pin for the app as they oh, would yeah. have used for the phone because that's just human nature. I and mean, who's going to try and memorize two pins now? We can't even get them to use unique passwords. You think they're going to have a separate unique pin? Which screen am I on? Let me do the different pin. Nah. So what I found interesting eight years ago was he released his figures as to the most common passcodes or pins which were being used. Okay. And he found the number one passcode, can you guess it for people? Zero 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 zero. Oh, that was number two, actually. The number one was one, two, three, four. People came wow. a bit smart from that. Wow. Um, yeah, okay. Number three was two, five, eight, zero. Can you guess why it's two, five, eight, zero? Straight down the middle. Absolutely. Mm. Straight yep. down the middle. Uh, <laughs> then it was one, 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 and mm -hmm. then five, 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 five. Mm -hmm. And then an odd one, five, six, eight, three. Do you know why so many people use five, six, eight, three? I'm looking at my phone right now. I can, I can guess. Go on. So if you're right-handed and you have your phone in your right hand, these are all numbers you can hit easily with your thumb. So mm, Not quite. Okay, no? you need to look at the letters. Mm. There are letters written on the numbers on many oh. people's phones. And 5683 can spell love. And so that oh. was the sixth Barf! most common. <laughs> that was the sixth most common. Wait, uh, are, you, are you hoping that people have it as hate? It's nice. Well, <laughs> well you know I'm talking about H-Han later. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there were some other interesting findings in his research. One was that all of the numbers between 1,990 and 2,000 were in the top 50. Mm. And if you included 1980 to 1989, that was all in the top 100 as well. So they're using years of birth. Exactly. Lazy years millennials. of birth, years or their of kids, their kids graduation, births or... something yeah. like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So oh. if you did want to crack into somebody's phone, there is this rather handy list of the most common numbers which people use. And of course, these are numbers you should avoid, just as you should avoid using 123456 as your password. Now, I was thinking about this research when I heard what happened at the Monzo Digital Bank this Monzo? week. So Monzo is uh, an increasingly popular digital bank here in the UK. Mm. And uh, it's purely run from your mobile phone. It's one of these challenger banks. There are all these brand new banks which are popping up saying, hey, we're going to appify the whole banking experience. They don't have any uh, bricks and mortar branches. They don't even have you logging in via a website. It's yeah. all done via an app. Now, Monzo admitted earlier this week that they left the pins of a subset of their customers exposed in a file to their internal engineers. And those pins... <sighs> were exposed for something like up to six months, Oh, which is a bit of a problem. So it wasn't a hack. These weren't accessible to the outside world, but their own engineers could access people's pins. Mm. And they had to divulge this information because it was a PII leak. Well, potentially very damaging, right? Because they are not to know whether they've got a, a rogue apple in their, in their, uh, amongst their staff. Apple cart? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what is a... They don't know if they have a rogue employee. They don't know if they've got a bad guy, right? Right. Who's going to actually try and use that information in some way. So they did the right thing. Within hours of discovering that, they updated their app. They pushed out an update to their Android and iOS users. They also deleted all of the numbers. They they acted, I think, 
pretty well. But there was something like 500,000 people whose pins, I very nearly said pin numbers, were... <laughs> <laughs> were potentially exposed, and of course, well, well were exposed, right? Internally, hmm? for well, they for were six exposed internally. Months. They were mm-hmm. exposed internally. That's right. Yeah, and- I mean, maybe it was for research purposes. They were trying to say these top twenty pins. We're not going to let people use them in our app. It would be nice to think that, wouldn't it? But yeah. it sounds like instead it was just being stored in an internal log and the numbers were mm. being collected if people had chosen via the banking app to, uh, you, there's a button for say, remind me what my card number is or cancel a standing ah. order. And it was if people did that, then their pin was collected and stored in this file, but it wasn't meant to be as accessible by anything like as wide a number of staff inside the company. Ah, yep. But I am actually quite impressed by the response. I think they've been quite rapid and they've been quite transparent. And I wonder how often this might happen inside Mm. other financial institutions. And because there's nothing externally seen, they they don't even know that any of the engineers ever realised they had access to this data. As far as they know, they've seen no evidence that anyone accessed it. But they still came clean. They said what happened. They fixed the problem really quickly. And I suspect in many banks, they wouldn't be like If Apple had done this. Uh, I don't know if Apple would have responded the same way. But I think if they respond quickly and transparently and share proper information about what occurred, then that's going to be quite comforting. You turn what's potentially a, a bit of a disaster into something which actually increases your confidence in the firm instead. I think it's very, it's still worrying though that banks can make these mistakes. You want them to have all the fail safes in place to try and protect Absolutely. information. And, you know, it, it's a lot of both your financials, your money, and all your personal information. Absolutely. And, and they're, they're obviously, they're, apparently they checked the 500,000 accounts. They didn't see any evidence of any fraudulent activity based on the PIN number. They've informed people via email. And some people complained that they got this email rather than an in-app notification because they found the email itself just a little bit unusual. They thought, could this be a scam? But it basically uh, said to them, yeah. go to an ATM to change your PIN, which is going to be a nuisance for people. Yeah, uh, and uh, people don't want to do that, you know. If they've already got the convenience of a banking app and just purely everything being conducted via an app, the fact that you have to go to an ATM to change your PIN is going to be a nuisance. And I wonder what PIN those customers will choose and whether they will be unique. Because, like I said, we're always talking about the need not to reuse passwords, but how many of us are reusing PIN numbers? And if mm. I put my hand on my heart. I think I've got more than one card. I don't. Well, you're just yeah. better than me. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying, you know, well, I'm cool, but I actually, I, I never have. I think I do. I know I have some different PIN numbers. Oh, I just said it. <laughs> you did. You should be doing, you should be, you should be doing shots. You should be doing <laughs> shots every time you say it. Drunken smashing securities. App yeah. smashed security. Smashed security. security. There you go. There you that's the after dark version. I'll have a swig of tea instead. How about that? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think I do have two cards which share a, a pin. Well, get oh, that so changed there. Chop, well, chop, I, dude. I am going to have to change it, aren't I? And the other thing is, isn't it weird that we have all these ATM numbers, these numbers we use ATMs, which are only four digits yeah. and have no funny characters and no letters. And we're limited to that where there's only 10,000 combinations for for that pin. It's so bizarre isn't it it seems so quaint now <laughs> it, it does yeah, yeah but it does have inherent two-factor in that you need to have the pin and the card to make it work 
not actually with not I suppose not with you know your tap and goes anymore. Yeah, well, these days they quite often don't ask you for a pin mm. to be entered at all, right. do they? I mean, here in the UK, I think it's under thirty quid you can pay. Yeah, in Canada, I think it's fifty dollars. Mm. I was like, oh. oh god, I I don't know. In the states, I don't use. I have an ATM card, and I, I, I it's the only one I have. I, I tend not to use it. I'm all about credit cards. Well, at the current exchange rate, uh, Maria, thirty pounds is about equivalent to five hundred US dollars. So, <laughs> and yes. Because, we're going to be that way for a while. Oh. Uh, so that gives you an idea of how it compares. Um, so here's my advice to people. Think about your pins, not your pin numbers, your pins. <laughs> make sure that they're unique, Swig. Um, make, make sure that you're you're not reusing them. Um, make sure that you're not choosing one of these ones, which is really easy to guess. Don't choose a year like 1973 because it's too easy. The year Graham wishes he was born in. <laughs> Ooh. Wouldn't it be interesting, by the way, if Monzo had released those 500,000 pins? Oh, hilarious. Obviously. I would have laughed no, but they so could have much. done If it just numbers, right, they could have said mm. this is the preponderance of pins. And we could have compared it with Amate's work back in 2011. Yeah, I'd like to, to see, see if, that. To see if the world has actually moved on. I suspect many no. people are still using maybe unusually high preponderance of certain numbers, which are still being used as Yeah, pins. but there'll be different numbers, right? Because everyone's date of birth and all that has changed and probably moved up so. 10 it's years. It's going to be a so. lot of 2000, yeah, exactly. 2005s millennials. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, those are not millennials. Those are Gen Z. <laughs> after, after 2000, it's Gen Z? Yes. Right. Millennials came of age around the millennium. Speaking that means one. that Gen Zs are 19 now. That's right. That's right. I remember yeah, yeah. reading that. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. cool that right. we have young guests sometimes on yes, the show, so young. Well, isn't it? To bring down our demographic and... I've got uh, arthritic knees and a mortgage, but I'm super young. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put me in your old bucket. <laughs> anyway, I think, you know, obviously it's good that they've been hacked. It's good that they've apologized. It's good that they took action fairly quickly on this. So it's not necessarily the usual kind of disasters which we talk about on the podcast. We're giving kudos um, for once. Yay! Yeah, kudos for I mean, obviously we don't want things like this to happen, but if they do happen, um, <laughs> then clear up your mess quickly and say sorry for it and do what you can to fix it afterwards. Bravo. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so there you are, a nice positive story, because I worry that some of the other things we might be talking about today <laughs> may be a little less uplifting. Yeah. Rhea, what are you uh, bringing to the table today? <laughs> God. All right, so <laughs> I'm struggling with this story a lot, because hmm. a number of people asked me slash us what we thought about this topic and it's it's one that frankly i'm not really sure i want to talk about but people have asked and i think we should try to hash it out what is it we have to talk about hn <laughs> i don't know very much about this so i am so glad you're talking about this so educate me maria okay so i, I i'll give a very very high level i, I really don't okay. want to dive into it too much because it's it, really depressing it's um, a vile corner of the internet. vile corner of the internet that is basically mm. radicalizing a lot of white nationalists in, into mass killings like some of the users of the site have gone on to do the mass shootings in new zealand and the united states and uh and they yeah. posted manifestos mm. there so this is where they're being radicalized basically it was like there were certain levels of the internet where there were edgelords, like some dark parts of Reddit, and then they went to 4chan, and then 4chan wasn't edgy enough for them, and then they went to 8chan. It was like that kind of thing. Actually, that was one of my questions. Were these guys not basically welcome on 4chan because 4chan said, actually, that breaks our rules now, and 8chan was created so that the more... 
you know, for lack of a better term, edgier, horrific stuff had a place to live. Yeah, I mean, the the granddaddy of them all is 2chan in Japan, and then it became 4chan in the States, and then 4chan became 8chan, and there are like 16, yeah, yeah, and there's like a 16chan now. Anyway, it's it's chans all the way down, I Hang on, I'm going to go and buy some domain names right now. So (laughs) 32chan, 64, 128, 256, 512. And then you get a bite, chan. So since this is a site where a lot of people are posting manifestos and being radicalized, there's been a push for a while from the greater public to get these sites offline. Yeah. Right. So um, one of the main pressure points was specifically HN CDN, their content distribution network, which basically means that HN can't get DDoSed. So it gets a lot of traffic going to it and Cloudflare makes sure that it's still accessible. So even after the massacre in Christchurch, where the shooter posted a manifesto on the website. On 8chan. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to okay. say the name too much. because. Oh, sorry, much, sorry. But yeah, so it's okay. Um, Cloudfair insisted that they didn't want to get involved in politics and that their job is to continue to be a terrible website CDN no matter what, because you take down one website and they'd already done this once for a white nationalist website. You start, yes. The dominoes start to fall, basically. And Cloudflare has often found itself in a little bit of hot water around this, hasn't it? Because it has washed its hands over the years of all kinds of criminal websites. Yeah, because uh, they keep saying this is not our job to make that determination. Right. They're, they're kind of approaching it from a we're a utility and actually, yeah. this is this is very much a up for debate. Are they a utility? Are they a, a critical infrastructure part of the internet? Uh, yeah, know. it sounds very similar to the same stuff that Facebook and Google say. Like, look, we don't really have to monitor our news or what it, what's said because we're not the gatekeepers right. of that data. Our job is just to make sure that sites are available. What's on those sites is none yeah. of our business. And their other angle is basically if we don't help keep these sites readily existence, they're going to go deeper underground and then it's going to be harder for law enforcement to find them and keep right. an eye on them. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not sure about that one because I think Me law neither. enforcement has a lot of tools in their tool mm. belt. Um, and I don't think a CDN is something they need as much. But that's just a guess. I mean, I don't really know. So after this weekend's two mass shootings, sorry, I can't even say that. Um, both of which, again, manifestos and lots of activity on the aforementioned terrible website. Cloudfare uh, finally decided that I guess now enough was enough. So were people hounding them beforehand? Yes. You know? Yes, right. so oh, yeah. ever since yes. New Zealand. There's an organization I'm familiar with called Sleeping Giants, which basically is a very left-leaning political action group that puts pressure on businesses that support websites like this and puts pressure on their advertisers to also remove advertising. Mm-hmm. So they, they, I know for a long time, Cloudfair had been uh, on their radar as something that like they needed to drop support for. I, I have to say, for, for some years, I've had a rather uneasy feeling about Cloudflare, and I haven't liked some of the websites which they've been helping to keep online, including websites which, for instance, were running DDoS booting operations. So they mm-hmm. were basically sites which were designed to help bring other sites down. So they would launch DDoS attacks from a site. So they would host with Cloudflare and then mm. potentially try and attack other Cloudflare customers. And wow. Cloudflare would do and, nothing about it. And Cloudflare wouldn't really be prepared we'll to do anything. It's all business for them, I guess. And yeah. it did leave a rather unpleasant taste in the mouth. So this this story is still developing right now as we're recording this. I'm sure it's going to keep developing. But Cloudflare pulled their support for um, Terrible Website on Monday, around Monday morning, I believe. Or at least that's when I heard about it. And this story is still developing right now. Mm. But ever since Cloudflare dropped their support, it became a game of whack-a-mole for the Terrible Website to find a new CDN. So they would find a new one, and that one would then kick them out because they were like, no, hot potato, we really don't want to deal with you guys. And also their original domain registrar, 2Cows, also dropped them. So again, why was 
those two cows supporting these guys all this time. I think their angle was, again, we don't want to get involved or a utility or utility like service. So, yeah. but anyway, they're also, they were also on the hunt for a new domain registrar. So by the time people are hearing this, I'm sure the story is going to change again. However, as of the time of this recording right now, they are currently with a CDN that of all things seems to be based in Germany. I'm shocked about that. Yeah, because that CDN based in Germany also supports a well-known white nationalism website that Cloudflare also kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. So German CDN helping a white nationalism website is a little. Um, uh, so it's not super clear right now if that's going to stay that way, because I believe that that CDN is still debating whether or not that they need to kick them off again. It seems like it's uh, they're debating it. But I thought it would be interesting just to read a statement from the CEO of the company. Is this a statement from the CDN? This is the domain registrar okay. for for these guys. So the people who've replaced two cows. Correct. Right. This is, okay. Th so this is a statement from the CEO. It mm -hmm. says, and this is what he says: Freedom of speech and expression are fundamental rights in a free society. We enter into a slippery slope when we start to limit speech that makes us uncomfortable. The censorship we've seen across major social media platforms as of late has created a vacuum. Our services fill the ever-growing need for a neutral service provider that will not terminate accounts based on arbitrary reasoning or political pressure. Our philosophy is, if the customer is not breaking the law, they are protected under our umbrella of services. It seems this is the same kind of thing that Cloudflare was saying, really. It's just different wording. It, there is some weasel wording, I think, yeah. but that, that's, my, that's clearly an opinion here. But there's, there's a little more. Specific to any of the Chan sites, the company in question that I'm not going to name, the registrar in this case, did not solicit this business. We have not made a definitive decision about whether to provide DDoS mitigation or content delivery services to them. So my apologies. I, I think it's the, both a registrar and a CDN. I think it's an umbrella company. Right okay. Now. Right. So, yeah. Uh, we will evaluate this in the coming days. From what little we know so far, the Chans are not lawless and do have moderation, especially in regards to DMCA, the, the basically the, the content takedowns, and the content which is illegal in the United States. Ultimately, we believe that the best disinfectant for darkness, however, this is for... Sorry, let me say it again. Yeah. Ultimately, we believe that the best disinfectant for darkness, however... This must absolutely occur within the bounds of a, the law. That doesn't make sense how that was written. No, that's a terrible that's, that's statement. That's a terrible statement. And I don't think you disinfect darkness. You turn the light bulb on. This is no, this is is this lost something in the translation? Look, but they're German. They're German. No, no well, <laughs> oh, well, we're not sure if they not are. Not sure. That sounds very oh, right. American to me. But um, <laughs> what Cloudflare? What Cloudflare? Oh, now I understand why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> the, what Cloudflare had been also saying is basically, as long as they're following the letter of the law and they're not doing anything wrong, because posting a manifesto and saying you're going to kill a bunch of people is not illegal to say in the United States. Basically, as long as they're not hosting illegally ripped MP3s, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I right. Mean, so if you upload an MP3 of Britney Spears, then they'll deal with it. But if it's yeah. a manifesto for killing Hispanics, then... Uh, it's it's totally okay. Yeah, it's, fair it's game, right? Fair game, right, because it's not breaking any laws. But also it's an international kind of operation, is it not? Like, I'm guessing they're going to have servers everywhere. Yeah, Cloudflare specifically then had said yesterday that only half of their customers are in the United States. So the rest of the world is their other half. But I guess my point is, is on the legality of it, right? Do you, do you follow the letter of the law in the States or do you follow the letter of the law of where information is posted on a server in whatever country that might be? You know, that, like, that yeah. may be weaselly. I'm just saying in this because it doesn't apply just to the States. See, I, I don't think the law should come into this. I think if you are running a company, you have the right to decide who you want to be your customers or not. You have the right to say, even though you haven't broken the law, 
we don't think we'd like you as a customer. You know, we're right. quite happy with the customers Absolutely. that we do have. Right. And that's what I would like to see companies like Cloudflare do. Rather than having to defend themselves legally or use these sort of arguments or get into the weeds of who they should have as customers or not, I think it should just be their decision to say, you know what, you're not really the right fit for us. Right. So that's what Cloudflare did do. Good luck. Go and do. find someone that's else. Exactly Eventually, after did. four shootings. Oh, uh, and after years and years, Carol. Yeah, and basically yeah. their angle was not this is morally reprehensible. It was more like they're more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what we're saying here is they had years of people saying, "Guys, you really shouldn't be doing this for these guys," and they just ignored it until now. It just now this was the needle. And the, there are the, plenty the, the of other sites which are still supported by services like Cloudflare, which definitely right. are not for the general good of the internet. Right. No, they could just have a sort of, if you want to use us as a service, you have to agree to our terms of use. And there are certain types of sites they could say, which we don't want as customers. And if you turn out to be, if you turn out to be not operating inside those terms of use, then you will get kicked off. Plenty of services yeah. do yeah. that. I 100% agree. I like to have everything be transparent and yeah. and you want to be honourable. Yeah. That's how you gain my trust. Yeah, right? I, I think a lot of these companies that were created, especially in the early days of the internet, the idea was, again, thinking of yourself like a utility, that you know everything's fair game. And I think we're at a really important inflection point now where there has to be a decision that companies make. Do they really want to operate that way, knowing everything that comes with it? You know, there's a responsibility there maybe they need to be thinking about. Or mm. um, do they want to adopt more of, you know, a terms of service or a code of conduct? Uh, and, and it doesn't seem like a lot of companies know what they want to do yet. Mm. Uh, so Cloudflare sounds like they, they've made two exceptions ever. And they've, they've booted now two sites of all the bazillions that they've been CDNing. And it's, it's the same conversation that we're hearing again with social media sites, too. I cannot believe I managed to bring Facebook into my thing, but I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every time she's Every on. Time. Every time. Every time it's Facebook. <laughs> it's just, just got it in there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's we, it, we're, we're, I'm so curious to hear where that goes. Uh, I'm also a little afraid because I'm always trying to keep in the back of my mind that the worm can turn. So this is my, my, <laughs> my journalistic side of me is I get where the fear comes from on the part of these services. Cause yeah. I mean, these are really easily morally reprehensible sites that are like radicalizing people to, to murder others. Like that's an easy call. But then I know their fear is that the dominoes are going to start falling. And mm. I get that because especially right now in the States, things being extremely polarized, you start wondering where does that go? And then what kind of things are going to be censored or, or booted next. And I I'm super lefty liberal. So, of course, I'd love <laughs> a lot of things that I don't agree with taken off the Internet entirely. But then, of course, uh, you know, our president says on the news the other day that uh, we got to start censoring websites and video games. And I'm yeah. like, wait a second. Those might be the things that I like. So um, <laughs> it's I, I oh, he'll that, back I guess, off now. He'll back off. Oh, I'm sure now, now that now I've spoken out. As soon as he yeah. hears the show. He's like, Maria said no. Maria so I'm gonna, said no. I'm it's, She's tremendous. Here. She's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that vote of confidence from the president. Um, <laughs> Carol, what's your story for us this week? Well, question first. Have either of you ever online dated? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Well, not not me and Maria. No, together. God, no. I mean, it's not, it's not. It's not how we get our guests, Carol. Do, do any of you? Do any of you have a good story? That's how I met my husband. <laughs> oh, is that how you met oh, your husband? Oh, oh. oh, well, that's how everyone yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't have a very good time. I did it for a very short time, and it was really a disaster because I kept finding people I worked with tangentially. Ew. Sorry, right? about, sorry about that, bro. Sorry. <laughs> 
And some of them sported, in some instances, um, clothing and poses that if I, I you remember. found them quite enticing, maybe it would make your heart thump. But for me, seeing them, these people out of context in this way was incredibly uh, shocking. I mean, I can never unsee I, it, right? Yeah. Okay, sidebar, I remember the photograph. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. I think, yeah, it was leopard print oh, curtains. No. And someone crawling towards the camera. Oh no! Like a tiger, kind of, kind of tiger, tiger-like, <laughs> kind of like going, "You're delicious." <laughs> and I had to go oh to work God. the next day and see this person, and no. <laughs> and it, the great reveal is and, it was the CEO of the right. company. When, when you, when, no, <laughs> and, and that wasn't even the worst. Did the pay rise happen, girl? <laughs> There was this other one where there was this guy, I think he was a pathologist or forensic pathologist or something. Ironically, after I talked to him, like I realized he must be super suited to the job because his jokes were best served to those that are occupied by death. He didn't have a photograph of himself on the the site, on the job, did he? (laughs) Not on the job, that would obviously be. Back certainly when I did online dating, it was brand spanking new, I think, back then. And today it's the norm. Oh, yeah. So stat time. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of singles globally do you think have used online dating apps? Oh, my goodness. In the last Nine, 30 days, like, like in the last 30-day no, period. Uh, oh, 70%. Close 70. to 100. 40, but still super high. What? Like that, that's global. That's global. That's low. And oh, 75% all right. of all online daters are apparently under the age of 30. That doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. No, it doesn't surprise me. Either. Um, 65% apparently are men. 35% are women. Thirty-five percent claim okay. to be women. <laughs> that that does mirror the experiences I've heard from my guy friends who are like, "Where are the women on these things?" I think there's been a lot of advancements in the pleasure aid technology sector. I think so. I don't think the, the pardon. <laughs> what? Think- Could you repeat that one? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe less women are on these sites because they're worried about being duped by scammers and assholes alike, right? Yep. And they wouldn't be yep. wrong because just yeah. Monday this week, the FBI issued a public service announcement mm-hmm. warning of romance and confidence frauds once again. Mm-hmm. They say they've seen an increase of 70% in financial losses from uh, 2017 to 2018. Oh, so up to it. $362 million last year. And they said they had 18,000 reports. I am sure it's hugely it's way more than that. Exactly. It's way more than that. Can I tell you a little story related to this? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, please. Hang on. Let me get, so, let me get my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> tell us your story, Maria. Well, I, I, I believe I can talk about this publicly. My brother works for the State Department. Okay. And he was actually stationed in Lagos, Nigeria mm-hmm. for two years. And pretty much a lot of what he had to do was basically rescuing Americans who would fly to Nigeria <gasps> trying to find oh the guy, goodness. like the man who said they wanted to, to marry them. No. Yeah. And there there was it, like, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of people. And he would have to be the one to break it to these folks. And they were not all old ladies who were really lonely. It was like a lot of people who legitimately thought there was somebody waiting to marry them yep. somewhere in Nigeria. And uh, it was now, pretty hard. was your brother single at the time? Was he able to use this to his advantage, these heartbroken women? Because that's the kind of thing I'd do. <laughs> no, that, that, was, he, yeah, was he fishing himself going, <laughs> For one thing, nice. they're not all women. Okay. It's not all okay. women. And and two, that would be super unfair. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, absolutely. I definitely wouldn't do that. And my brother's a gentleman. Right. Okay, oh, yeah, I'll 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 so no. Okay, so yeah. other than women, right, that we mentioned earlier... <laughs> What's so damn funny, Graham? 
I'm, I'm just picturing myself in that situation. But anyway, let's go. No, I'm definitely... I, well, you in that situation. I, I definitely would have been honourable. Graham definitely is completely honorable. unethical and would be the whole thing. Um, I think I think maybe the first time you'd laugh, but after like twenty times you'd be like, "This is really sad." Yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah, and then after a hundred times you'd be like, "Holy shit, this is horrendous, really, really sad. horrendous." Yes, horrendous. I'll put my yes. serious face on you. So I was mm. going to ask you guys. I was going to ask you who are the most likely targeted victims, other than women, because that's a pretty broad men? Uh, statement. I would think other than uh, yeah, women, I men. Know, right? Exactly. It's, it's going to be more likely than pets, isn't it? So it's going to be men. <laughs> so the FBI said elderly are very yes, vulnerable here yes, and yes. widowers, right? Oh, bless them. Yes. Um, and I think that makes sense because it's a good thing, Graham, actually, you're not on these sites anymore, you know, because you'd be ripe for the pickings with your, you know, advanced age, right? <laughs> and we can Your can't. seniority. <laughs> your wife is still very your much wife. with us, is she not? <laughs> I mean, no, I'd be a dead man for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Now, there's a lot of complexities on online dating, because on one hand, you want to provide enough information that you stand out from the billion of other people they're looking for love. But the more specific information you provide, the easier it might be to be duped by a professional scammer. Right? Because you're kind of saying to them, for example, if you um, have sadly, if you've widowed and you put on their widow, I think that would be something that might be very attractive for someone right. looking for someone who might be lonely right. yes. or in a place where they wouldn't be able to be as, you know, clear headed as normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also on online dating, you lose a lot of visual and audio cues like body language and facial tics and verbal cues, right? <laughs> if you're not a seasoned user, This is interesting, actually. You'd think, I always would have thought that the more you're online, the more likely you might fall for something, just like the law of probability. But in fact, it seems it's the other way around. So those that are seasoned users seem to be able to go, aha, I I smell something fishy here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. whereas, you know, if you haven't been online for a long time and then you've lost a loved one and you decide, hey, I'm going to throw myself out in some old... Because there have got to be so many tricks that people use on these online dating sites and their profiles and their photographs. Even if they aren't a scammer, there are many people who are actually scamming in a different kind of way because they're using that picture of when they were slim and mm. hot and had all their mm. own hair or stood in front of a Lamborghini they, or a jet ski. They may and- look like a stud, but they're actually 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yeah. You never know. Well, you know, but I would be guilty of this. I bet if someone said, if, you know, if I was talking to a dude online and he said that he had a tash, I would right away picture Tom Selleck in his pants. You totally right? would. Right? And I, not Hitler or anyone else with a mustache. Oh, Lord. Right? <laughs> Yes, like you just yes. would. So I would, I would pick three men and a little Führer. You would, you wouldn't want to mix up the cast, would you? How do you know it's not Charlie Chaplin? I'm just saying, like he'd be turning down Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> okay, so I've pulled together a bit of vetted advice here. Okay, to, okay. to help us watch out for the sharks and the okay. uh, to all three of us who are not <laughs> dating anymore. This is great. I, I don't know if you know this. There's some listeners also here. Yeah, oh wait, wait, for goodness sake, people Maria. are listening to this. <laughs> us just bullshitting on a microphone. (laughs) Now, if you guys are new to online dating or you know someone who's new to online dating, right, you want someone that really understands how the internet works to help you create your profile and set your online settings and have them give you a little turn. You may even want them to review your connections to make sure there isn't a whiff of, you know, something yuck about them. And, you know, don't, like we said earlier, if you're widowed or divorced, just say that you're single on these sites. You don't need Mm. to say at the top of your profile and broadcast to everyone in the world that you're once in a long-term relationship. So just keep that private until, you know, you actually get to know someone. 
And um, this is a good one. Scammers rarely use their own photographs. So doing a reverse image search on images is a great way. So basically, someone might steal an image from a catalog or a stock photo something (laughs) and slap it up as their own picture. And uh, you might kind of go, oh, that's, you know, he looks like he's a hot doctor. Oh, no, he's not. He's just the model for lab coats from Pharmacon. <laughs> that's oddly specific. I'm wondering if there's a story there. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> okay. um, and obviously the big one, don't lend people money, but this is the one that everyone falls for. Mm. So I went looking for a recent example, right, okay. online. Yes. And I will read excerpt from this ABC News article. And I want you guys to ding, ding, ding when you feel you see a red flag. Okay? Okay. Maria, you've got your dinger. Ding, ding. Have you got that hand, right? Yeah. Okay. Should I have a different noise myself? I think we'll be able to tell the difference of your voices. Okay. <laughs> I'll have an ahooka. Okay. Okay. I just pulled out a few little snippets from the article just to see if there's anything that okay. made you think, oh, that would make me sit up and, you know, think there's something fishy going on. So okay, a 29-year-old okay, Norwegian master's student living in London said she was swept off her feet on their first date, which ding, included, ding, ding. <laughs> which included a yeah. private jet ride to Bulgaria. Oh, that's a ding, what? ding. <laughs> Come on, really? Bulgaria? Well, hang on. So she actually got a, pro- a PJ flight to yes. Bulgaria. Well, that, sound, that doesn't sound like a scam to me. He's, that sounds wonderful. He said he was an Israeli millionaire who called himself the Prince of Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than the Prince of Belair. Right. Okay. My, my red flag is why Bulgaria? Like, yes. you have a private jet. You can go anywhere from London. Hey, why what's is, wrong with Bulgaria? There's absolutely nothing. It's just not everybody's... Most people's first pick would be like the Riviera or like... Yeah. Somewhere not Bulgaria? Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> Maybe it was because of his title, the Prince of Diamonds, because he told her that his job was as a diamond dealer. And he worked for a company called LLD Diamonds that kept him traveling constantly. So they had to date long distance. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, she said yep. they sent each other love notes over text, video declarations, and voice recordings. She said he would always allude to an element of danger in his job that kept him away, always yeah. on his private jet. So yeah. it's not like, you know, he should <laughs> could find him on a commercial. Yep. <laughs> right. um, and it was not long before he made a big ass, begging her to extend her line of credit for him. So oh, come the any fuck plane on. tickets, hotels, and dinners would be booked under her name and his supposed enemies. <laughs> Uh, as she called them, would be thrown off his trail. Okay, how much do you think he defrauded her of? Oh, my goodness. Um, £100,000. Double it in dollars. Oh. So, yeah, probably. Wait, she's a grad student and she has this kind of money? She took out lines of credit. That's also a ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Because his initial gestures were grand because he bought her a flight to Bulgaria, which probably cost, what, 30 quid on, on, on EasyJet? The, the cheapest no, you said, you, get. you said it was a private oh, yeah, jet. You didn't right. say it was EasyJet. It, no. <laughs> it does say have, private plane. It does say private plane. The seats have no backs. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Internet. It was a paraglider. She yeah. was holding on. <laughs> okay, oh so what to do if you're a victim? Okay, what to do if you're a victim of a romance scam? And it's important to report these things. Okay, I know it's embarrassing. I get it. I get it. I get it. But think about it. Some of these guys have done this to hundreds and hundreds of people. And uh, if only one of those people reports it, the authorities don't have much to leverage to work with if they actually get mm. their hands on these people. The other thing I've heard, Kroll, is that some of them aren't just asking you for money. 
but they're they're trying to trick you into moving funds for you. So they actually they basically romance you to turn you into a money mule, where where they're sort of transferring funds through your account to them. And also sometimes they get information on your extended family, and then they can socially engineer your extended family. Yeah. Uh, not that I have personal experience with this, but I do. So, <laughs> like, even if they look like Tom Selleck, stay away. <laughs> Especially if they look like Tom Selleck, I would say. Yeah. Oh, so, same. things you want to do, you want to report the activity to the online dating website, mm-hmm. right? Because they may have received other complaints from other users, because often they work, they're not just working on you at that time, they're working on a few of you. Right. Right. And you want to report the activity to your federal internet crime complaint center or your local FBI office or your local, I can't imagine local cops would do anything, but at the same time, they will, for example, in the UK, you would do it to action fraud, right? Yes. You would at least have them, it would be on a database and at least that could be searched should they, um, should they ever get caught. Because the key thing is if one of these guys does get caught, the authorities need evidence of yes. plenty of victims to to really you know yes. chuck them in the slammer for a long time. Yeah, lo- yeah, local police in the states it's the same. It's it's similar. You, you need to report it. They'll write up a report for you, and sometimes they'll refer you to a service that can help you. Um, but yeah, th- they can't personally usually do anything. There, there's no capacity for that. But you, th- you'll get a paper trail, which is what you need often for this. Mm. Yeah, and you definitely want to tell if you've kind of lent money. Um, you want to tell your bank or financial institution immediately upon discovering any fraudulent suspicious activity. Now, this gets difficult if you have been lured in to do yep. uh, suspicious or fraudulent activity. Right. I get that. Yep. But yeah. at the same time, if you've been duped into doing it and you weren't aware at the time, um, I still think it's worth them knowing what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah. um, at least they can stop or reverse the transactions. Yeah, you and never the, know. The banks will usually often ask you, do you have a police report to back this up? So you have to, yeah. yeah. You usually need all of that together, unfortunately. Exactly. So it's not fun out there, dating. No. Uh, well, I imagine, it's, I imagine it's not that much fun if you work for the Bulgarian Tourist Board and you've had this terrible slur upon your name. I, yeah. I think Bulgaria is a beautiful, wonderful country, for the record. Just not my have first... Have you been? Technically, yeah. <laughs> technically? <laughs> I've been in their airspace, yes. No, no, yeah. I, I've, I've, been, I've been to the nation of Bulgaria, like, while doing a road trip along northern Greece. Like, we crossed okay. over briefly, so, like, I've been briefly, but not on vacation. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful country. I have Bulgarian friends. Please don't hate me, Bulgaria. Your cheese is the best and your yogurt's great. Okay, so. I, think you've co- I think you've covered yourself there. <laughs> Please oh. don't send me a we we went through that. Maria loves Bulgaria. Yes. Hashtag it. <laughs> Your yogurt especially is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're baffled by threat intelligence and how it might be able to help secure your company, the Threat Intelligence Handbook from Recorded Future is the book for you. It'll tell you what threat intelligence is and what it isn't, and you'll learn how other firms are applying threat intelligence inside their organizations. Grab it now for free at smashingsecurity.com slash intelligence. Quote, most business security breaches are the result of one thing, sloppy password practices. Effective enterprise password management is a must to ensure that your employees are properly protecting their accounts. Unquote. That's my co-host, Graham Cluley. This is what he says on the LastPass Enterprise page. And most of you know how much I hate to admit when he's right, but he is. Sloppy passwords are a huge contributor to security breaches within an organization. The way to manage that is get a password manager. And the one we recommend is LastPass Enterprise. Check it out at lastpass.com slash smashing. On with the show. 
and welcome back. Can you join us on our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. And my pick of the week this week is not security related. Huzzah. Yay. It is a TV show which I have been binging on and it is available on Amazon Prime. It's just come out. It's called The Boys. Yes. You've seen it too? <laughs> yes. Has it just come out? Are you yes. guys? Oh. It came out two weeks ago. Now, I think, Maria, you may know more about this than me, but I believe it was originally a comic book. It was, yes. And um, it has now obviously been uh, televised, uh, televisualized. It is a violent, foul-mouthed, subversive, laugh-out-loud, funny movie about superheroes who are bad superheroes. Oh, it's a movie. I thought it was a TV show. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. Oh, sorry. Don't believe what I say. Uh, It's a TV (laughs) show, eight episodes. And I don't don't like superhero things normally. They just leave me sort of cold. You don't like anything. No, I like plenty of things, actually, Carol, but I don't like superhero (laughs) stuff. I just find it, well, that's Spider-Man sort of nonsense. Other than Spider-Man, the animated one recently, which is fantastic. Um, No, I don't like peanut butter. Oh, you don't? No. Are you just going to list things I don't like now, (laughs) just to prove the point? But... Cheese, yeah. cheese is great. Um, but uh, so anyway, back to the boys because cheese is not my pick of the week. Uh, the boys is great because these are superheroes who are bad people. They Sounds are like you're talking about your testicles. They are. Wow. They are. This is the way you said How? the boys are great. The boys. Let me tell you about the boys. So the boys is a collection of people who are not superheroes, who've realised that the superheroes are bad people who are getting away with all kinds of bad stuff. Uh, the superheroes, known as soups, are run by this, some international conglomerate who are icily uh, run by Elizabeth Shue, if you remember Elizabeth Shue. And, yes, uh, I love Elizabeth yes, Shue. And, she was uh, a star si- of the 80s, 90s. Yes, she was. Yeah. Uh, and she's, 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 she's looking very adorable. She's, yes, yeah. she's very good in it. And yeah. she's, she's also, she's also a bit sexy, I think. Oh. And, uh, and so, like her. She's on your list too. Yeah, she, she, Is she, she like number eight? And Elizabeth <laughs> Shue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And uh, Simon Pegg is in it in a supporting role. And Carl Urban, who you may remember, uh, was uh, Bones in some of the modern Star Trek movies. Um, Now, his accent, I I believe he's actually New Zealander. Is that what it is? Because he was messing me up the whole time. He is messing me up. He's one of the weak links for me, because although he has some of the funniest lines, he's pretending to be British, and he both doesn't sound British. He phases in and out of different accents, and it was totally fucking with me. I couldn't, And he doesn't look British either. There's been no British man ever born who looks like him. He's too (laughs) good-looking. He's too good-looking, too hunky, (laughs) and... So okay, he, I'm obviously not thinking of the I, right person. I here. find him rather jarring, but um, but other than that, it is a very very funny show. It's not for kids. No, um, please don't watch it in front of a kid. No, it's quite gory, mm. um, but it is clever and funny, and I would really recommend you the boys find this on boy Amazon good Prime. Looking Simon Pegg. <laughs> I wasn't saying this is good looking. No, I, I said Elizabeth Shue. I said. I didn't say Simon Pegg. Well, you said he was too good looking to be English. He's no, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Simon Pegg is super English. Simon Pegg is very English, but playing an American in this and quite yes. convincingly. And he did a good job. Okay. As far I as missed, I can I tell. Missed, yeah. I missed the jump to the next person. That's why I was like, what? Oh, Simon, he's goodness. not from New Zealand. Yeah, Simon Pegg as an American also messed me up, but he did a good job. Okay. But Carl Urban's yeah. accent, I was like, I kept trying to place it. And every time I said it, it's all like, it's a bit like, you know, two smoking barrels and all kind of thing. 
Yep. But it's just it's just caravan. sometimes a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit Dick Van Dyke slash Damon Ain't Albarn. Ain't no use blubbing about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, exactly. Anyway, it's, uh, regardless of that, really great show. Yes. Go and watch it, yes. The Boys. And that okay. is my pick of the week. Excellent. It's on my list. Maria, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week's a quick one. It's called camelcamelcamel.com. And oh. yeah, uh, what's that? What's that what reaction? Is, is this, this is this about? is this rude? No, it's an Amazon okay. price tracker. Good lord, Crow, Crow! Just because something's got camel in the name doesn't mean it's going to be rude. <laughs> Come on, no! It's, this is this is pure service for our listeners today. Um, wow, I don't even think I can recover from that. I'm just gonna. <laughs> what is camelcamelcamel.com? Because I've never heard of it. Yeah, I, it does sound rude. No, it's not it's an amazon price tracker so i know everybody hates amazon now we're not supposed to use it but sometimes you must and in my case i'm looking to upgrade my audio rig because this is the 21st time i've been on this show if you can believe it and i feel like (gasps) yeah i know it feels like only the fourth or fifth (laughs) you're always so fresh like a daisy like a daisy um (laughs) i i feel like it's time for me to upgrade my audio rig from this very basic microphone that i've got now and i want to try and save some coin so a friend of mine guillaume told me about this website and uh, i'm using it to track uh, the prices over time of some of the stuff i'm looking to buy and it and it tells you it shows you over time what the prices are and when they're when they might drop um and then it also gives you a price watch uh, alert option so if you're looking to buy something when it hits under a certain number uh it'll send you a little thing so i'm looking at this right now so what what you can see is you can see what the top products are which so the ones which have reduced in price the most over like the last week or the last day a lot of electronics and stuff and yeah. you can also look at specific items and look back on the history on the price. This is great. Yeah. So you can see, oh, at the moment, this is quite a low price for this compared to what maybe it normally is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. How handy. Cool. And it's and it, it's not just the United States. It works in Canada, the UK, France, China, Japan, everywhere. Like it's so, so this is yeah. good news for everyone apart from Jeff Bezos, I guess, because yep. this is our way to sort of <laughs> use technology well, against him. Also, not get- very good for the rest of the world of the people who are actually building the stuff that have to compete <sighs> with the prices that Amazon insists upon. They- They've chosen to, to sleep us. with Amazon, haven't they, Carol? Well, that's what that's what you're doing as well by buying the stuff. Just that's saying, fun. I do it too. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I do it too. We're not we're not supposed to use Amazon anymore. I guess we all collectively yeah. decided that. But sometimes you still kind of gotta. So you know, yeah. why let yeah. them have more of your money than they need to? I see. Right. Yeah. Right. Camel. 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 Dot com. The camelizer. Not, not rude at all. Not rude in the slightest for once. Yeah. <laughs> what's your pick of the week? Well, mine is a podcast, and it's called The Conviction, released by Gimlet. Now, Mm -hmm. it came out earlier this year. I'm not on trend like you guys, right? But uh, it came out, I think, in February, and I only just got a chance to listen to it this week, which I did during a single five-hour cleaning frenzy. And it totally has my thumbs up for the whole thing. You weren't now, cleaning up after a murder or something. No, no, like no. That. I'm doing this kind like... of decluttery stuff, you okay, know, like get right. rid of the eight billion books that we oh, have great. in our oh, house. Oh, Marie Kondo, told you. Yeah, see, someone else asked me that. And I remember it was your pick of the week once, wasn't it? It was. I, think I yep. did watch some of an episode back then, but um, I thought they were way too, the people were just shockingly messy. <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, Okay, so anyway, back to this part. Um, The main guy that they're kind of uh, featuring is called Manuel Gomez or Manny. And he is a larger than life character. So the whole story is set in the Bronx. And it's about how a black teen and this private detective Manny fight for 
the kids bail. And one that what ends up happening is rather surprising. This is a true story. This is a true is story. It, yep. Right, okay, it's like a, yes. this guy, Manny, is what makes the show, right? And you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of that guy, the main guy in Staircase, that Netflix documentary. Oh, yes. Whose wife fell down the stairs. and Was she murdered yeah, or not? Yeah, did he murder her or what happened? Mm. And mm-hmm. like, so this guy, Manny, is so sure of himself. He loves the spotlight. He's always right. He's a little bit wide, you know, but he also seems to have quite a heart. And it's just weird and gripping. So, like, Crow, you have, you said that they're fighting for bail, but what are the, wh- why do they need bail? What are they? Well, I don't really want to give it away. For? But basically, oh, okay. basically, I will okay. say a kid gets into trouble with the cops in the Bronx. Right. Maybe what happens to him isn't a hundred percent fair from everyone's point of view. And this journalist Saki Nafo, who hosts the show, went and did some digging on it, and he has the most relaxed tone. Like I swear, God, it must be like four a.m. when he's recording. Like you can imagine him; he almost sounds bored. <laughs> But in a way, it's a perfect foil for Manny Gomez, who's kind of larger than life. And if you had two of those characters, you just might get overrun with it. So it works really well. I think it's clever. And I think Mm. um, I hat tip the team who put it together because it's tight. So The Conviction, Gimlet Media, available wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. Six episodes of Joy. Nice. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Cruel. And that just about wraps it up for this week. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that since you're not on any dating apps? (laughs) (laughs) So if you're on infosec.exchange on Macedon, I'm at Maria. And if you're on Twitter... Uh, I'm at M-V-A-R-M-A-Z-I-S. Sorry, it's a long one. Super duper. And we're on Twitter as well at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter allows to have a G. And we're also on Reddit, uh, where you can have discussion about the show up there. Go and find us on Reddit. And we're also on Patreon now. So if you want to support the show, just go to patreon.com slash smashing security and you get bonuses and extra content and all kinds of goodies like that. Yeah, huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, Recorded Future and LastPass. Their their support helps us give you this show for free, so check out their offers. And thank you, listeners, the sunbeams of our lives, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. It makes our week. Check out SmashingSecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and info on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a Maria smooch for everyone. (laughs) Crow, when you said this guy Manuel Gomez in the podcast is larger than life, was that in relation to the size of his eyes? Or was (laughs) I just want to know, is this sort of is it again (laughs) proportional to the size of his face? You just seem very obsessed with this sort of size thing. You got a link here. Yeah. He seems proportional. Yeah. Okay, I'm clicking. Okay. Well, he looks like a normal sort of chap. Middle-aged sort of fellow. He's so wide. Oh, he's, my God. What, you mean physically? No. Or he's just character. like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. wide. He's like, He's from hey, New York, hey, Crow. Hey. They're all like that. Hey, hey, hey what, what you doing to me? I'm not a cop. Stop. Talk to me. Hey. Talk to me. I'm an investigator. You, you think I'm funny? <laughs> you think I'm funny? No, he's <laughs> Those references are all like 40 years old, you guys. Just, Just letting you know. <laughs> oh my god we're old maria no have you been to new york in the last few decades <laughs> <laughs> yes you know what you haven't you haven't heard this guy just go listen just go listen those voices i just heard are not what i think of when i think of bronx just saying <laughs> can you do us one can you do us one maria i cannot Pro- do i cannot do impressions oh just just probably bitch very about wise it, but uh, <laughs> 
I will complain really well, and but I can't deliver. It's how you. I am. Um, all right, my darlings, <laughs> right. I'm going to go. I have to okay. go work my butt. Yes, you do. Do work and work your butt. Go do Bye. the thing. <laughs>